I'm Kaylin Asher, creator of the Three Day Work Week, and you are listening to the Inspiration Podcast with Miriam Shulman. It's the Inspiration Place Podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place Podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello. This is your host, artist Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode number 19 of the Inspiration Place podcast, and I'm thrilled that you're here. Today, I've invited a guest expert in how to design your ideal week, whether that means making more time for your art or more time for your family. In this podcast, you'll discover how to structure your days and your week, how theme days and theme weeks help facilitate your flow and focus, baby steps you can start taking today to start outsourcing menial tasks, and why a morning routine can set you up for a successful day. But before we get there, I wanted to tell you about today's freebie. Since I'm always fascinated by others' morning routines, the freebie for this episode is a morning focus checklist. Please download the checklist and let a perfectly focused morning set you up for the rest of the day. To grab this checklist, go to shulmanart.com forward slash 19 for a link to that or anything else that we mentioned during today's episode. All right, so now back to the show. Today's guest teaches small business owners how to make an abundant full-time income working part-time hours, just as she's been able to do with her three-day work week. This serial entrepreneur discovered that she could get more done in less time after the reality of childcare limit her work hours to just three days a week. She discovered that not only could she get more done, but she had the most profitable year in her business when she wasn't overworked and exhausted. This guest has been featured in Business Insider, Entrepreneur on Fire, She Means Business Podcast, and The Huffington Post. Her coaching and teachings have helped thousands embrace the idea that full-time income and part-time hours is not just a dream, but can be their reality too. On today's episode, we'll be talking about how artists can structure their days and weeks to have four-day weekends with their families. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Kaylin Asher. Hi, Kaylin. Thanks for joining the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Miriam. I'm so excited for our conversation today. This is going to be so great. So the reason I invited you, Kaylin, is because my audience is always asking me how to find more time for their art. Mm. Or another variation of that is they're always asking me, how do I find the time to do it all? (laughs) So I recently had on the podcast, Mike Michalowicz, whose new book, Clockwork, How to Design Your Business to Run Itself. And I also have had on Alex Payne, whose research actually proves that you do get more done by working less. So I know that your message fits in perfectly what we've been talking about on this podcast. So I can't wait to dive in and give my audience some actionable steps that they can start taking today. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So Kaylin, as I mentioned before, this became actually something you discovered as a necessity after the birth of your first child. Would you like to share a little bit of that? Yeah, happy to. So prior to becoming a mom, I obviously had more time (laughs) to just throw at my work. And Prior to having a baby, I was working full-time hours and really struggling. You know, I was making 
not even a part-time income from all those hours I was putting in. Mm. And baby arrives. This is almost four years ago now. And I sort of had this moment where I was like, should I just give up my business and give up my work and be a full-time mom since it's not really contributing financially to our household? Or should I give it a go? But I knew I could only get childcare for three days a week. (laughs) So thought I would give it one last try. And something really profound shifted within the first few months of doing this is I realized I was being so much more clear in my priorities and in my timing and what I would say no to and what I would say yes to. And I just, I started functioning more like a business owner and someone who was smart in business instead of just throwing all my hours at my work and hoping that that would right. be success. I became much more strategic. And so within a year of that, I was making probably just in a few months, I made more than I made the whole previous year. The following year when my daughter um, had just turned one was my first six-figure year. That's amazing. Congratulations. It was really remarkable that after all these years, it was about seven years of really struggling in my business, that with this shift to actually working fewer hours, but being smarter and more intentional about them, my business really took off. Rather than doing what I call random acts of marketing. Yes. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And one of the myths that, so I know your children are still very young, but mine are at the other end of that spectrum. My baby just went to college. So one myth that I know that a lot of young mothers have is when your kids get older, you're going to have more time. Mm. And actually, I can tell you that is not true. (laughs) Little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. So it's really great to establish a shorter, more concise work week early on because as your kids get older, it it really doesn't change. The neediness factors don't really change. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true, if you found that true with clients you've worked with. Yeah, I find that most of the women who... I work with, I work predominantly with women. They are, they always need time for things right. outside of their work. And the fact that I can shine some light on that path of what it looked like for me and what it could look like for them is always useful. I mean, even if, even if you don't have kids, if you are trying to work around a full-time job or a part-time job or doing freelance work and to support your art, there's always the need to be more strategic in your time right. because time is a limited resource. And, and so is our energy. So, and our energy, right? right. Yeah. So you so. can't be wasting your energy on things that don't mm-hmm. matter. So Kaylin, what would you suggest is the first step for designing your perfect work week? Yeah. I think the first step with most things that we're looking to change or to shift is to bring some awareness to it. What are we oh. currently doing? What's not working and what is working? And so an exercise I often give people is to track their time for a few days to see what they're actually spending their time doing. And the clincher is to try not to change anything you're doing. Just right. be it's a like witness. the food diary. Exactly. Like you really don't want to write down that spoon. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And <laughs> I just ate right before this call. Yeah. So, <laughs> standing in front of the pantry. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's bringing that, shining the light of awareness on it and seeing where your time is actually going. And for me, that was really, really eye-opening that I was kind of ping-ponging between different things and Mm. landing on a similar activity. And maybe I was, you know, writing or something like that. I'd be writing at different time chunks instead of just batching all my writing together in the morning. 
when I know I have my best energy for that type of creative content. I think it's really key to be a witness of your current habits and, and step into it from there. What would a day look like for you if you were tracking your time? Like, how do you manage your, your time and your mm-hmm. energy? That's a great question. I mean, I've already, because I've been in business for a while, I've already implemented a lot of steps and I yeah. actually have help with mm-hmm. that. But I know from my friends who are still trying to do it all, there's the ping-ponging back and forth between posting on social media, answering mm-hmm. emails. A lot of these activities that artists do are similar to anybody who's trying to sell anything. So yeah. you still are managing the communications mm-hmm. that surround selling your art just as you would in any other space where you're managing communication around that. But in addition, we also have to create the art. So. Yeah. I think that's why I really like your concept of doing theme weeks. I think that would really help my audience a lot. Can you describe how you do that? And we'll talk about how that would work for an artist. Exactly. Yeah. So something that I do in my business and that I often suggest my clients do who are looking to to cut back to maybe a three-day work week, four-day work week is to work on a bi-weekly schedule. So for me as a coach, it looks like grouping all of my coaching clients on my A week and then leaving my B week open for content creation, projects, big thinking, team meetings, things that actually move my business forward rather than just working with the people I'm currently working with. And so with the example you provided, I imagine it's helpful as an artist to have space to create. So I would imagine maybe a week or a day where you just, you don't have any other tasks before you other than just being present with your art, with the project that you're currently working on. And then on your B week, maybe do a lot of, you know, batch your social media posts and get everything scheduled out for the next two, three, four weeks. Um, And function in that kind of way, do all your marketing. Obviously with like customer service stuff, you probably would have to carve out time to be responsive every week. But I imagine there would be really clean ways to start batching it. And I'd love to hear if you have some ideas further yeah. beyond what I just shared. Yeah, I think it's a great idea to, to do either a day that is only working on your art. It's definitely impossible to context switch. Once you get yeah. your head into the marketing, it's very difficult, which is, I don't really like to use, you know, left brain, life brain terminology, but to me, it's more the idea of you're getting to something very strategic and working on something where your inner critic is going to be very active. It's very difficult then to switch that off and be free and create. So it's hard to go back and forth. So there needs to be a clean break, whether you're Mm -hmm. saying, you're going to dedicate a week to creating art and the following week is only going to be on marketing activities mm-hmm. or a di- this only on Wednesday is your day to paint. Or another way that I have definitely done it in my business when I was more on my own was the mornings were for communication and the afternoon mm-hmm. I spent creating. So I love your idea of theming and blocking your time. I think that's a suggestion that should work for anybody. Yeah. 
One thing uh, that I know, Kaylin, about you is that you used to be a certified yoga instructor. Yes. <laughs> and you have a very specific morning routine that includes yoga. That's something that I know my audience would love to hear about because part about only working three days a week is that when you do show up to work, whether it's to create art or do your marketing, that you're fully focused and present. And I know that your morning routine must play a huge role in that. Would you share with us your morning routine? Yes, I'm happy to. I'm an early riser. And so that that works in, I guess, my favor for the morning routine. But I imagine there'd be ways to ground yourself throughout the day or maybe having an evening routine if you're looking to kind of like clear energy and be present and grounded for whatever you're working on. But for me, I wake up usually around 5.30, which is ahead of my, (laughs) I've got two small people in my life that wake up extremely early and I try to beat them by waking up earlier when the house is quiet. And I I do a bit of meditation. Um, Like you said, I've gone through yoga certification many, many years ago. And so I, I, meditation has been a part of my life for many years now, but it's what even, does that look like for you? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy so to. I'm curious about that. So for me right now, I can usually carve out about 10 to 15 minutes for my meditation. And so usually it's me on my cushion. I love sitting in my dark family room in front of our big picture window. And often it's just focusing on the breath to get me started. And I'm a very visual person. And so my meditations include a lot of visualization. That's what keeps me present in my body in the moment instead of letting my mind go off into the to-dos for the day. And so I often envision a goal that I have coming to fruition, something that I'm looking forward to enjoying with my family, you know, maybe something way down the road. But ultimately the goal for me is to be vibing in a very like feel good energetic place by the time I come out of that. But if you're just getting started, I recommend even as little as three minutes of just like quiet breathing can be so settling and really, really helpful, especially before you're looking to tap into something so authentic and pure as your creativity. It's like you can't just throw yourself into it after a chaotic morning with the kids I would imagine. I know I can't do that for my work and it doesn't necessarily require all those depths of creativity (laughs) at all moments. So for me, starting with meditation is really helpful. And then I do a bit of a home yoga practice. Some mornings it's a little bit of like cat cow, which is just on your hands and knees to get the spine moving. Other days I use some down dog. Some days I have more time for a full practice, but even just a pose or two can feel really good to just get the body moving. This could also just look like stretching, you know, like okay. if you're kind right. of freaked out about yoga, like sitting quietly, breathing a little bit, and then just getting up and doing some morning stretches to get the blood flowing, get your energy moving. I think that feels really good. And then I'll go out for a jog in our neighborhood to, to really wake up and, and get in that exercise before my day has to be transitioned over to like feeding a one and, and a half year old before they wake up or is your husband helping? My husband at this point is, is okay. corralling them and they, you know, kind of as I head out for my jog, they're waking and coming downstairs. And so, all right. And then I will just chime in with what that has looked like for me over the years. Yeah, so please. I'd love to know. 18 year old and a 20 year old and also does not wake up at five thirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, my husband does wake up at that time, but mm-hmm. usually I don't wake up with him. So I shift my work week, my, my work, I mean, my work day, my work day doesn't start until 10. 
because like you, I have to exercise or I cannot focus. And sometimes I will fool myself into thinking, and if I go to the computer first and I get that morning rush of energy that a lot of us have after you just had your coffee or your tea or whatever, and you have your ideas going, and I, I may fool myself into thinking that's where I need to be, but I've found consistently that if I start in that place without exercising, that I will burn out much faster mm. and it will, it, 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 I will not have a productive day when I start off there. And yeah. usually something bad will happen later in the day. Like I'll back, <laughs> I'll back my car into the neighbor's car. You know? So I, ha- I do always a 8.30 exercise routine because my work day starts after my children go to school. Yes, makes sense. So that has gotten to be a little earlier as it used to be. I would walk them to school when they're in elementary school and that would be my exercise. Mm-hmm. And then when the bus came to pick them up when they were older, then I would plan my exercise around that and not start my day till 10 so that I would have that um, focus to be efficient yeah. and get as much done as I could before they came home. So just sharing that. And the thing is that, like I said in the beginning of our call, what happens is as they get older, it's they are just as needy. It's just <laughs> a different, different version of needy, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want your two-year-old to have poison and you don't want your 15-year-old to put poison in their mouth either. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the 15-year-old's a little harder to chase down. So. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, the things I have to look forward to. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. But you have, you have girls, right? I've got two girls, yeah. Yeah, so, sometimes they can be easier than I have a, one of each. All right, so what is one of the first things that you suggest people start um, outsourcing when you take a look at what they're besides? Okay, so we've gotten our our theme days and mm-hmm. gotten rid of some of the things that we're wasting time on. But now there's still things that you, when you're working with a client, you say, you know what? Maybe this doesn't need to be done by you. Yeah. What are some of the first things that you tell clients to start outsourcing? So I think a great place to start, and it can be very individual, is to outsource anything you don't enjoy or aren't good at. And when you find those two pieces overlapping, (laughs) that's the stuff to start with. So for me, in my industry, a lot of people use Facebook ads. And I imagine, you know, that might be something that comes up from time to time with certain artists, depending on what they're doing. But I hated figuring out the algorithms of these Facebook ads. It felt really confusing. I'm a logical person, felt illogical. And so that was the thing I started with because I was like, this will be so easy to hand off because I hate it and I'm not good at it, but I know my business needs this. And so for anyone who's thinking, yeah, it's time to get some help, get some support, see what are those items that you do regularly that every time it comes up, you're just like, oh, this again, or you know, it takes up so much of your time because you're not in your zone of genius around it, that getting that time back would be so, so valuable that it's totally worth paying someone 20 bucks an hour or whatever to handle it for you. And I think that's a really valuable place to start. Or sometimes starting on the home front, I guess if I'm really thinking about it, the first thing I hired someone for was childcare, that I got somebody to be watching my baby so that I could find time for my work. So maybe that would be a smarter place to start. If you have small children, 
or something like that to have someone there for them or maybe if you find your and I would, cleaning the house, something like that. First of all, absolutely the house care. Yes. So, yes. We, you know, but I would also encourage people to think of it as this type of mindset. If you're like Kaylin, where, where I was 10 years ago in my business when I started hiring help was I started paying somebody to do tasks in my business that I felt didn't have to be done by me So that I could spend time with my children. So my kids were too old for babysitting, but I enjoyed spending time with them or I wanted to help them with their homework and having somebody taking care of things for me was worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it. And especially things like social media, if you have somebody posting things on your behalf, they're not going to get sucked in to your friend's drama. (laughs) They they can get in and out much more cleanly. That's right. Because it's not their Facebook account. They don't care. (laughs) Not their friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also one other thing I would say is don't be afraid to pay for tools that help automate these things for you. Those are really worth the money. Do you have any favorite tools you like to use? Yeah, I love, well, my entire business is run on Google Drive. <laughs> like everything oh. is organized there. And so if you're someone who needs to be organized in that way, I have got like folders upon subfolders for each of my projects, has a different place and it keeps me very organized. And since it's a cloud service, my team has access to it too, which is great. As far as kind of managing your team, working with your team, Asana is really, really helpful. Getting your Which calendar. is what we use in my yeah. business. I and, love it. And I think unless you need some super luxe features, it's free for, you know, most basic functions of Asana, which is fantastic. And for me, scheduling appointments was taking a lot of time with my clients. So I imagine artists who need to meet with potential buyers and, you know, or people who are commissioning them for projects, having something like Calendly where you can make your time available when feels good for you. And then people can just figure out and book themselves in instead of that back and forth garbage that happens when you're trying to like set it up over email. Right. I definitely wish they had one of those scheduling tools. I was using Calendly and I recently switched to Acuity. And I definitely wish I had that when I first started out with Mm -hmm. scheduling the portrait photo shoot because that was always Mm -hmm. the biggest stumbling block for securing the client was getting that first appointment on the calendar. So yeah, I think that would be huge for people who are doing that type of work. All right, Kaylin, this was so enlightening. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Do you have anything else you want to add before we call this show complete? Yeah, I would love to. And this is something I share with, with my clients, my community a lot. It's that the journey that we're on in our life and in our business has to align with where we want to go. So many of the women come to me and say, oh, well, I'll, I'll do that when I'm making a certain amount of money or I need to hustle now and I need to push myself and work all the time because then when I'm successful, I can cut back to fewer hours or have more time with right. my kids. And if you're not baking it in along the way, the final version isn't going to have it either. And so right. take into account what you really are looking for in your life, in your business, and start in whatever small ways you can making those little incremental upgrades to get yourself in alignment for where you envision yourself going. I love that incremental upgrades. Yeah, that's it. That's one of my key 
key teachings. It's in my all my programs. <laughs> That's when I do when I want to buy a Chanel lipstick. I say it's yeah. an incremental upgrade. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> It's not the Chanel bag. It's just the lipstick. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Kaylin. Don't forget, you can get her freebie, which is a workbook, How to Start Designing Your Day. And you're going to be able to find that on my show notes, which is shulmanart.com forward slash 19. And you can also listen to Kaylin's podcast, The Three-Day Workweek, which is super helpful and also inspiring. So we've included links to her website in case you want to work with her some more. So anyway, I don't want to take up any of your time, but it was really fun to talk to you and get to know you better. Yeah, ditto, Miriam. This is awesome. Thanks so much for having me on the show. And it seems like it's off to a great start. So good for you. I mean, this is, it's a big thing when you do that initial launch push. So anyway, thanks for being a part of it. I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. And let us know when it's rolling out and we'll hopefully be in touch before then anyway. Yes, for sure. Cool. Take care, girl. Bye. Bye. So thanks for listening. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the Inspiration Place on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any future episodes when I'll be speaking with other thought leaders and artist industry insiders. And don't forget to grab your freebie for this episode, which you can find on shulmanart.com forward slash 19 to get a link to that or anything else we discussed in this podcast. So that's it for this episode and have an amazing and inspirational day. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course on shulmanart.com. 